Hey, listen up, idiots. This is your spoiler warning. Also, you might get offended. So warning for that, too, you idiots. Hello, fellow Spartan. Hello. I I was really banking on you doing, like, the typical experience grind opening on this one. Where you're like, hi, I'm Kyle. And then I'd go, this is Ryan! (laughs) It took me, like, an embarrassingly long time to think of that. Man, you should have, like, set that up then with me beforehand. I could have, yeah. No, I like that people can just see we bumblefuck through this and I don't know what I'm doing. Sure. Also, (laughs) uh, for people listening at home, we are both shirtless. Of course. And flexing this entire episode. Yeah, we've also been going through that Gerard Butler routine of, like, uh, only only fucking raw, only chicken. You're only eating chicken. And before every take, you Specifically have to do, like... raw chicken. I think just, he, just he raw did, chicken. Yes. Yeah, we don't even cook it. No. No, we just shove that wet meat into our mouth. Oh, God. I'm gonna gag just saying it. Ugh. <laughs> but, no, he had, like, uh, an insane thing, like, where every... Before every take... In this movie, apparently he did like fifty push up or fifty crunches, like a or a hundred crunches, fifty push ups, and then like before pull-ups. every take, before every take to get like that fucking pop on camera. Damn, he he would have like an insane routine. I maybe tipped it way too much or not enough. I don't remember. He should have uh, just done what they did to a lot of the extras and airbrushed those abs on. Is that right? Oh yeah, man. Well, you I guess can see they're it. far out of frame, huh? Well. You can still see it on some of the other dudes, like oh, yeah. his uh his captain whose son gets killed. Okay. That dude's not that cut. That's a painted on one. I was going to say, oh, shit, I meant to pull up the IMDB page yeah. before this episode because all of these names outside of Leonidas and Xerxes are going to be a hard fucking remember for me. Uh, I didn't remember. Demios, I think, is the narrator. Yes. Okay. Uh, Faramir. From Lord of the Rings, and uh, oh yeah, was in Van Helsing, also as uh, Van Helsing's annoying helper. <laughs> this guy, yeah, he he definitely is. Oh man, uh, I don't want to talk <laughs> about I don't want to talk about three hundred yet, um, because we got other things to talk about. Number one, though, why yes. are we talking about three hundred? Let's set this up. Yeah, well, uh, we have hit kind of a milestone for us. We got to 300 likes on Facebook. Yeah. We had been fucking fluttering around like the 290 for, I don't know, I want to say six months. Like, it was a long time Here's that we thing. were in that 290 range. Here's the thing. I blame our listeners. And they don't do Ooh. enough to promote us. <laughs> That's true. You sons That's of bitches. Uh, step that game up. I like that. Maybe yeah. Maybe tell some people. It's the Spartan way. There's right. no fault of our own. We know what we're we doing. We are a phalanx in this experience grind yeah. Ooh, universe. Like we're Guys. stronger together. Let's let's form up, y'all. Exactly. Exactly. We need more in our phalanx. So recruit some shield bearers. Help us out. Let's go. Tell your friends. Furta boys. Furta. <laughs> Total Furta. You know what I'm saying? Snipe. Real snipe. Oh, man. Uh, so 300. Yes. Takes place in Greece. What is your knowledge of Greek history, either mythical or real? I mostly go into uh, Greek gods, like you mm-hmm. go Clash of the Titan stuff, like that God is where the pantheons. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the Greek pantheon. Sure. I I enjoy that aspect. I love that. When it comes to real world history, I know nothing, and this is 
This is a pretty typical Ryan trait. I'm not good with history. I've never been good with history. Which is crazy Not my strong subject. Because we're both... It's one of these things that is a division for us. Mm Because we're so similar in so many ways. And then these giant differences we have. Because I fucking love history. Uh, And I have ever since I was a kid. I would imagine you also enjoy science, too. To a degree. Yeah. Uh, Science gets a little too mathy for me to really Uh, enjoy. See, this is... So that's why I navigate more to history, because it's a little more in the language aspect, because it's more storytelling. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that that resonates more with me. I get that. That's where... I get that. So, I've always enjoyed history a whole fucking lot. Yeah. Uh, And the fact that, you know... There's always, you got to remember, there's probably always some embellishment in everything. Oh, sure. But, like, history is told by the ones who won. Yeah, history, the to the victor go the spoils. Yeah, right. So, so you, it's you always come out and biased. You, you always come out looking good if yeah. you win. See, so. that's, that's my hole into history, is when you get into that conspiracy theory shit of, like, well, what are they lying about? Then I become interested. I don't know. This must be like some weird character defect because I could care less about like what my forefathers did. But if there's fucking drama in there and they're lying, now I'm interested. Ryan, are, are you saying here on the podcast that you are a Holocaust denier? <laughs> um, I am not. <laughs> but but I will say that shit is fucking fascinating. These that people exist. That yeah. people exist and do that. That's fascinating. That is mind blowing to me. Same with the flat earthers and like trying to logic that out. And I could watch a million fucking flat earth videos on YouTube and just be like, wow, you are really stretching. What about to make your argument yeah, here? Yeah. What about these fucking people that think that the Titanic was an inside job because icebergs can't cut steel hulls, dog? No, well, I could be with that one. I could agree. I, I don't know. I could see that one. That, happening. That's a playoff of nine eleven memes. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, I also could see nine eleven <laughs> being an inside job. I don't know. What? My mind's open. Oh, like man. I don't know. I don't know what's up. But uh, I am. It's. I will entertain any kind of alternate take on history for sure so you dig alex jones no 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 because well actually i don't all right he's a fascinating character but much in the way guy fieri is a fascinating character okay do i, I enjoy him in an ironic sense exactly that's the way i land on alex jones and guy fieri yeah exactly i mean, i'm sure there are more examples that i can't who, think of but who would make a better spartan warrior alex jones or guy fieri Hmm. Oh, interesting. I think Guy Fieri. Really? Because I go Alex Jones. All right. Please tell me why Alex Jones. Because I've seen Alex Jones have some meltdowns on the internet Mm -hmm. and where he's chased people down. And he is unhinged on a berserker-esque level that I think could benefit the Spartan army. Okay. Okay. Tell me why Guy Fieri. All right. First, I'll tell you why I didn't go with Alex Jones. Okay. Okay. Is because... Specifically in 300, I think one of the Spartans makes fun of all those lame thespians somewhere. Sure. And Alex Jones is nothing if not a thespian. He is just a man with colorful words to distract you. He's a thespian. The Spartans wouldn't enjoy this. Sure. Guy Fieri, as weak as he is, that's because of his upbringing. But if he had a Spartan upbringing, I think he's dedicated, like, to his crap. I mean... He went so far in fucking cooking looking like that and still <laughs> made it. That's dedication. I think he'd have the chops to push through and be like a real fucking Spartan. I don't know. All right. So this is a 300 episode. <laughs> well, let's talk about Guy Fieri a little bit. 
All right. Lettuce. Okay. That's a food pun. Lettuce. <laughs> I'm glad you spelled it out because I totally didn't catch it the first time. Nobody's I My dad jokes are so fucking under the radar. They're meta on a level that, like... They're Steven Seagal, undetectable. Not even, not even, like, real dads or real kids get. They're like, huh? <laughs> what? That's true. Yeah. Even dads are like, boo! It's it's <laughs> fake pretend dads that dress like dads and act like them without kids. That's who gets <sighs> that joke. Like dad hipsters? Yes. Okay. I can see this. You're yeah. the leader of the dad hipsters. You know, not the worst title <laughs> I've been given. <laughs> I'm okay with this. <laughs> All right, man. I'm a-okay with this. you got to motivate these dad hipsters, though, to like <laughs> like the page and promote it. So That's right. Get... You dad hipsters out there. What's uh, the next What's the next numbered movie we I could fucking do? thought about this. And okay. I, all right, so 500 Days of Summer at 500. Okay. It has to, but there has to be, like, something in between. You think? I Is know. It, well, there's Mr. 3000, the Bernie Mac movie. Well, there's so also we have 1408. That's okay. So uh, that's the next one. I'm there's got to be some seven. Shitty... We fucking missed that one. Yeah, we missed seven and the number 27 with Jim Carrey or 23. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, 23. Totally that's missed a that one. Garbage movie, of course. It is. Uh, there's got to be some <laughs> shitty stoner movie like 420 or something with 69 in it. Maybe we've missed that 420. You're right. 420 should there's easily be, be the start of a movie. There's right? got to be a movie called 420 well uh and surely a 666 there's surely a movie with like the satanic thing it's a just, horror movie there's some shitty movie yeah. somewhere yeah for sure 666. Mm-hmm. we could get away in skirt and call the omen that like that remake they really pushed it oh yeah but, yeah it, oh shit if you get into that way then there's probably many like movies that have the letters switched out with numbers like Artemis, except the first letter is a four. And like, how how literal do we want to be? Does it have to be numbered, or could we do like seven samurai? Ooh, I like that. At like seven seventy seven or seven hundred or seven yeah. seven seven. Yeah, I'd be down with that. Or we could do a gambling movie like uh, at seven seven seven, like uh, National Lampoon's Vegas or something. There you go. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of numbered movies, and if there's one thing this show survives on, it's theming. Gimmicks. I yeah, just gimmicks. take off any like niceties. Cheap gimmicks. Uh-huh. Please like us on <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> I do know we're doing another Die Hard this Christmas. Stick around for that, people. I am so excited because got, like, now the Die Hards get interesting. There's like six of them, right? Or seven. five. Only five. Is there only five? Yeah, but that okay. fifth one felt like two really long bad ones. <laughs> Which one did they go PG-13? Was that five? That was four. Live four? for your Die Hard, which I, spoiler alert, still really enjoyed. Was five back to R, or was it also PG-13? Five went back to R, but then replaced uh, Justin Long with, oh, who's that Australian guy who's boomerang in Suicide Squad? Oh, that guy. Jai Courtney. Okay. Fucking Mr. Bland. Which, I mean, here's, here's and Bruce Willis phoned it in. So I think we've a, had like nine different Mr. Blands on this show. <laughs> because they're all so, so goddamn many. bland. There's so many. They're so goddamn bland. There are so fucking many. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. There's always the general question, would you have survived as a Spartan? But I know both of us would not. No, no. Just right right away. There's not even any drama in that question. Anybody who looks at me that wolf, knows I'm not going to live That wolf would eat the fuck out of me. For sure. Me too. This is also one of those things. No, like, I mean, are you kidding? I would have even made it past the cliff throw at the beginning. Mm. They're like, wow, we can tell this one's going to amount to fucking nothing. When what? you come out as the baby. <laughs> 
they slam dunk you in the baby pit. They're like, yo, I, Kobe! I, <laughs> I come out, I'm just like, meh. Oh, this one, this one won't do. No. But he, the dude screams Kobe, and they're like, hey, uh, who is Kobe? And he's like, oh, y'all don't know about Kobe, the god of dunks? Oh! And that's how Kobe was a Greek god. I like it. I like it. I'm okay with it. He's up there with Zeus, and how how does he fit in into the so, god? So pantheon? Zeus had thunder. Kobe, the dunks that that was the thunder mm-hmm. when he'd slam him down. Okay. <laughs> what about the familial ties? Like Zeus is apparently like a horny thing that fucked a lot of things and made a lot of children, and most all of the gods are Zeus's children. Is Kobe one of Zeus's uh, illegitimate sires? children? Yeah. Because Zeus fucked a basketball. Oh, he and, fucked a basketball. <laughs> in modern times, he like got transported here. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. And yeah. he fucked a basketball. And then Kobe was born in Greek times. Yeah. But then also, like, he was doing a slam dunk at the same time Zeus threw a lightning <laughs> bolt. And that brought him to the 2004 Lakers. It all makes sense now. God right? God damn it. God damn it. That's, that's how it happened. That is, all right. 100%. Ask Mike Lanham, Mike Lanham, sports guy. He'll confirm. Yeah. That's where Kobe That checks from. out. That checks out. That checks out. <laughs> that is easily the more legit story versus flat earthers or Holocaust deniers. Right? I definitely believe that more. Conspiracy theories, brah. Yeah. I don't get into them. At all? Not for real, man. Even uh, in, like, an ironic sense. Because, all right, so... When I watch this shit, I never for a second am swayed by the Flat Earthers. No, but no, But no. I just find it kind of fascinating. It's like a character study. I get that. I Here's the thing. I don't I don't want to waste my time on that shit. Ah. The one, I, I've always been intrigued with Area 51. Okay. Like, just the, I don't think. Is that the one conspiracy you kind of can, can lean on? Well, because it, it. Is the wider picture of, like, alien life as a whole. Mm-hmm. So that one I can lean on. I think that is probably one with some some credence somewhere. Okay. okay. Uh, but also Area 51 just doing weird shit in the 50s and freaking people out when they were testing new aircraft. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, I probably fully believe that conspiracy theory. Not that they were really hiding much. They were just... Some kind of prototypical stealth bomber well, they were it, testing it, out. It's cool because that's also around the time that, like, nuclear bombs were really coming into, like... It's the nuclear age. Mm-hmm. So everybody's imagination is kind of yeah. really expanding at this point. So that's when all these more fantastical things really start to show up. And uh-huh. I, I just like that. And again, there's some American history for you, Ryan. See? History's cool, bro. Ah. Uh... That specifically is cool. Sure. There's a lot of history that's not cool. You, you know what the dude that designed the atom bomb, you know what the quote he said was when it first blew up? I am become death. Destroyer of worlds. Oh, there you go. Sorry. Yeah. I knew the first part. I was that like, shit eh. is so metal. It's pretty metal. Sure. It's from a Hindu religious text. The Bhagavad Gita. Very well done. I will give it to you. Uh, my all right. Hold up, phone. Um, yep. He, it, phone says you're correct. <laughs> you're good. I know I'm correct. <laughs> I don't need no fucking phone to tell me. I am correct. I like that. No, that's uh okay. I see. I I see you that you'd have an end to the conspiracy stuff, 
if not for only like your kind of fascination with cringe humor and cringy stuff. True. And it seems like there's a wide overlap of cringe there. There is. Uh, the thing with like flat, I don't know who's fucking real and like who's just having a laugh too. It seems like an easy oh, one. Sure. Sure, like, you don't want to give it to somebody who's intentionally trying and, like, being manipulative. It's the same thing with, like, a deliberate bad movie, like all these Sharknados. Yep. I'm not going to watch that because you're, tr- you. you're trying to make it bad, and I'm, mm. I'm, I'm not going to reward that. Because it's gimmicky. Yeah. You're just trying to cash in on something else that worked for somebody unintentionally. It's a modern it's age. kind of gross. Goddamn sideshow freak show. Mm. Oh. Wait, so you're against sideshow freak shows? It's a weird gray area, right? It is. This is a whole topic, and this actually can kind of tie into 300. It does. Freak shows, man. All right, so on one hand... All right. The, the, at a really brutal and harsh time in, in like, history, Mm -hmm. people with severe physical disadvantages were able to financially support themselves. Sure. At the same time... It was at the expense of their mental health. Yes. To a degree. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because they were labeled as genetic freaks of humanity and to be gawked and stared at and to be thankful Mm -hmm. that you don't look like them, kid. You are correct. Conversely, those times were real shitty. And they probably weren't able to get other positions sure. or other ways to, like, get income. Yeah. So you're right. It's this weird gray area. I just, that's why I can't outwardly it, say, like, oh, I don't exactly. like or disapprove and it's, it. It's this weird like, thing. Like, it, it's this weird piece of history. Well, and that's that's another problem that, like, history has mm-hmm. is, like, looking at history mm-hmm. through the lens of now. Sure. Like, looking at George Washington now was probably a pretty scummy human being. Like, absolutely. He kept slaves. Like, he was a despicable mm-hmm. dude. But at the time that he was George Washington, mm-hmm. it's a weird, you have to look at things through that history lens sometimes. And For sure. I mean, you can still evaluate them and compare them to mm-hmm. now, but like, I don't know, it's this weird, again, gray ah, area. Yes. Interesting that you mentioned this on the weekend that Stranger Things Season 3 is released, and there's a whole big controversy about cigarette smoking being depicted in the show. Yeah. And it glorifying tobacco, which I'm on your page, I think, in that, hey, that's depicting how it was in the 80s. Like, there were people who just smoked openly all the time in restaurants, and it didn't matter. And in the 80s, there were no rules on this in the movies. Like... People smoked fucking constantly. Thank you for smoking. Did like a glorious job of depicting like smoking in movies and why it's there. And like that was a real tactic, yeah. you know. Well, so it it's accurate. But at that point. But on the same token, yeah. sh- is it something we need to keep perpetuating? Like because Hopper is the cool guy, the the funny one that we some people you're meant to relate to. I don't know. So here's the thing. When I tried cigarettes as a kid, it was never because of anybody on TV. It's because of older people I was hanging out with and trying to emulate. Ah, so it's a case of uh, people blaming 
the 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 entertainment, not the parent, not exactly, or the role models. Exactly. I say. Okay, that's the way. It's just like I feel metal it always and D and D. I never. And, yeah, I, exactly. It, mm-hmm. it's Marilyn nothing. Manson. Sure. Yeah. It, all it that never shit. is going to fucking convince. It's going to be the company that you keep, and a lot of things are peer pressure, man. Oh, for sure. Just hanging out with for like sure. kids that you know, or maybe a little older, and like, oh, he got a pack of cigarettes from his mm-hmm. brother. What are you? You're not going to do it, pussy. You know, it's. Kids go through that shit. It's not because of fucking James Dean yep. or Marlon Brando or Rebel Without a Cause. Mm-hmm. It's not because of fucking Superman or D&D. You know. Yeah. Kids are going to try shit, man. I do agree with that. So. I completely I think when you start one. to flirt with shit like that, you're, you're, I mean, it might be too harsh to call it censorship, but you're, fir- you're fucking flirting real close to it. Yeah. If you're not doing censorship. Because that's yeah. the way it was, man. And it's not to... It's not glorifying. No, I don't think so. I, well, alright. Here is the the only kind of devil's advocate position I could go. Does it really add that much to have him smoking? So if it doesn't add that much, why include it? Well, that would be like the only kind of position I could see the other if side. If he taking. is a bad boy in the eighties, uh-huh. he would do that. Yeah. So we go think. again. It's it's era authenticity. Yeah. It's 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 a basis in realism and authenticity of mm-hmm. the way things were. Yeah. And uh, and I'll go further one step too. If you want to break it down on a thematic level. Hopper is one of the characters that has his shit together the least. He's schlubby. He's unkempt. He's an alcoholic. Yeah, sure. We relate to him and he's funny in that. He's the everyman. But in being the everyman on the show, he is like maybe one of the ones you shouldn't idolize. Like he doesn't have his shit together. You know, they're not they're not saying this is the idealistic man. He's, smoking. he's trying his best. He's your, he's your father figure. Yeah. He's not going to get everything right. That's yeah. the way life is, man. Yeah, they're not saying he's perfect doing yeah. this. Yeah. He's got flaws, man. Yeah. It's I not like if fucking Leonidas in the middle of 300 whipped out a cigarette and was like, these Newports give me abs. That is shitty and shady and weird. Yeah. You know? I agree. Uh-huh. That that the Stranger Things shit is not whatever, but well, man, you brought up Leonidas. I let's did. fucking let's shift into it. goddammit. it, let's talk about the title of this episode three hundred by the great <laughs> Zack Snyder and Frank Miller. Right, this is a Frank Miller joint. Oh man, yeah, Frank Miller wrote is, this shit. They they are riding off the high of Sin City. Uh, which was Frank right? Miller and Robert Rodriguez. I that believe. came out first. Mm-hmm. That could be right. I didn't remember. Sin City was, I think, and that's what Frank Miller riding off the high. Robert Rodriguez was the director on Sin City. Though. Yes, he was, and yeah. I, I, I mentioned that. But oh, I'm sorry. They brought I Zack was Snyder so, in. My mind was blown about the Sin City coming out first. I was like, "What? Really? What?" I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm, dude. I'm, I'll probably get called out. No, I think you're probably right. I honestly don't remember. I didn't the, research at all. I'm just going off this. It's dumb... literally the same time period in my mind. Like it's within two or three years. This was it all two, feels the same. 2006, I it's believe. The mid aughts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the mid-aughts. They both came out in the mid-aughts. And I think Sin City uh, was 2004. This is all sounding right. So. 
This is all sounding right. Again, this is just useless trivia I have in Again, my head. if we only pull up that IMDb page. Yeah, who cares? Atheseus and Polonius and Parsonobius. Mesoloma, I think, was a character. If you have methocilioma, please call this number to join a class action <laughs> lawsuit against... Uh, yeah. 300, buddy. All right. Let's talk about it. Did you see this movie in theaters? Yeah, I absolutely did. I did too. I was a huge comic fan. Anything that was vaguely related to a comic, I would see in theaters. Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow, I saw in theaters. That's the one I skipped. Because it was vaguely comic related. Mm-hmm. I I love this shit. Even when I don't love this shit. I saw Sin City and I loved it. And I think yeah. like that's what made me go see 300. Because another Frank Miller joint. Uh-huh. Okay. I love that we're calling it Frank Miller joint. Thank you for picking up on that. And we're just rolling. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, so let's talk about this one, man. All right. 300. Yeah. Did you like it when you saw it the first time in theaters? I loved it. Okay. I would have said when I saw 300, I think I was... Oh, uh, time period would put me like... Mid-college? I was probably 19 or 20. I don't think yeah. I was drinking yet. Okay, so then I would have been right around 17, then. probably. Yeah. Um, And I think it hit me at just the right time. You know? I, I loved it. I would have said it was my movie of the year or, like, in my tops. Like, I thought this, the cinematography was really interesting and bold because this is... This is back in a time where CG did not really... It was utilized in certain elements in movies, but it wasn't, like, fully embraced. Like, here's a movie where almost literally every frame is touched by CG. Yes. The only ones that did that were, like, Oh Brother Art Thou, where it's, like, super subtle, and it's just to change it to that, like, orangey, you know, film grainy uh-huh. 50s feel. This was one of the ones that, like, fully embraced it. This Same is with like, Sky Captain. Like, it's, this was shot in the way that, like, a Marvel movie is shot now. Yeah, but back when they didn't do that. Exactly. Like, now Marvel's kind of the standard. Every fucking movie does that. We got a Alita Battle Angel. Like, that's that. Uh, Fucking whatever that weird French one that... uh, Oh, God. Dane DeHaan and Cara Delevingne. It was... Stupid fucking movie. I can't... Luke Besson did it. Oh! Uh, what is it? I it's can't think of it. not the Fifth Element. Valerian and the Planet of a Thousand Suns. Why the fuck could I remember that? I don't know because it's no, a it's horrible Valerian title. Valerian and City of a Thousand Planets. Is that it? Uh-huh. All right, whatever. This movie, well, whatever. Not going to get into that. But, like, that is 100% CG. Yeah. Like, you know. Everything like, shot on a blue and green screen. Yeah, that's the standard. Mad Max, even. Like, the Fury Road that came out. All CG, mostly. But, like, they, they did Actually, it in no. a nice, subtle way. Yeah, a lot of... Mad Max had a lot of CG alterations that are subtle, but yes. a they lot of that was, practical. like, real world. Yeah, yeah, they had a lot of practical, but, like, there is not a frame in Fury Road that is untouched by That's CG. That's true. Okay, like, they I get what you're saying. touched up everything. Yeah. Movies didn't used to be that way. Like, you'd have large stretches of action movies where there was no CG. And to have a movie just, like, fully embrace it. This is, like... I think this is when Robert Rodriguez got fully into his CG stuff and, like, really encouraged a lot of new filmmakers to push this uh, kind of new art form. Yeah. You know, George well, Lucas did yeah, it I was going to say, you also had George Lucas you know, but the like, Star Wars. Yeah, they're really starting to push with this the around the With the Star Wars and the stuff and the things. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. It, it, it captured me there, and uh, I thought it was elegantly told, simple, but, like... Uh, just enough. Just enough. I don't know. I, I really loved it when it came out. What about you? 
Uh, I, I rambled on so long. That's sorry. okay. Uh, I think I went. I'm almost positive. I I went on a date to this movie. Oh, but it was like with a chick that like I've been seeing for a little bit, and so I, we both were comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. I think we both fucking loved it, man. Yeah. Uh, this movie, I don't know it. It really uh, like I would compare it to Mad Max Fury Road now, and the fact that it just it constantly is pushing along at this relentless clip, man. Mm. It very rarely slows up, and even when it does, it's just the perfect amount of like breathing time to set up the next uh, little bit of action that you're going to get dumped into. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's usually a little some light quippage, and it, it, it lightens things up before things get heavy again. Uh, it's I don't know. I think it's a really well constructed story and delivery system, and even at two hours, it it keeps you pretty engaged. Yeah. Uh, that is your assessment still today. I think so, yeah. Okay, so you pretty much stayed kind of tried and true to where you were back as, then. As is typical of my case with my nostalgia. Oh. I, I still haven't deviated. It's it's still a very enjoyable ride. It's really rough at certain points, mm-hmm. but it's, a again, with that American history angle, looking at it in its time frame, mm-hmm. it works still pretty well. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I know exactly what you mean when you say that. And I, I kind of felt that too, but it's, I'm with you. It's like, it's, it's of the time. Even though, I will say, I think 300 is not, um, it's not 100% accurate to history, apparently. No. Like, I, the, obviously, like, there aren't wolves like that. Xerxes wasn't like an eight foot tall fucking giant, you know. But I think even some of the, kind of themes in spirit of the Spartans don't quite line up with how the Spartans really were apparently. And it is a, it's very Frank Miller. It's a hyper realistic romanticizing this violent kind of tendency. What, what I've always loved about it. And they, they really come out and tell it this Mm -hmm. way from the beginning is that this whole story is a story. It is an embellishment from this narrator who yeah. we find out at the end is inspiring this army of what 30,000 or something yeah i or compared, something yeah or like it's maybe huge just 10,000 compared to 3,000 or the 300 the 300 mm-hmm. so it's this that's why like you can you're we supposed have, to forgive yeah. a lot of these we have an unreliable narrator it allows you to kind of let some of these things go like the fun. giant sword dude and yes. the executioner man with the axe hands uh-huh. and Whatever that weird, yeah, uh huh. Mm-hmm. There was a, a satyr playing a fucking the flute at one point. So, fun fact about <laughs> that—that's that's funny. You bring that up. That was designed by Zack Snyder's tattoo artist. That's that the most douchey thing mm-hmm. I've ever heard. Yeah, it would only be douchier <laughs> if like a fucking member of Breaking Benjamin designed it or some shit. You know what I mean? I love that you pulled Breaking yeah. Benjamin. That I is love such it. a specific... And that's this fucking time period, too. It that's is. perfect, yeah, man. I know what I'm talking about, that's, dog. No, I'm just... You need <laughs> all the kudos on that joke. That's... Oh, oh, oh beautiful. Thank well you, done. Sir. God damn. Fuck podcast over. We can't talk <laughs> But yeah, so you do have this... I do like that, though. It's a cool little thing. It's, it's weird. weird. Yeah, yeah. And I, it, it's great. It, yeah. I, I love also, mm-hmm. too, that... Uh, Xerxes has the prostitutes that are weird looking mm-hmm. for the weird looking dude. If you're into that, she, he's got the one with like the face that's half fucked up. I uh, will say there's the one that's like <laughs> just no limbs. 
that's pretty fucked up and very bone tomahawk reminiscent. Yeah. Uh-huh. I will say it is, again, probably very true to the times, but it is like in that scene of fucking freaks that they're zooming around. There's just one African-American woman and that's it. She's got like, the big hair. That's it. She She's just has an hair. afro. Yeah. And I'm just like. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I understand it's a time, right. but it's, it's just infuriating. Yeah, it was still. a long it's ago like, time of 2006. Okay. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm so glad we've moved on from racism and now are in an enlightened we're, world. We're in 2019, <laughs> all right? Everybody's woke, all right? Everybody. I, we're led by the most woke person on the planet, uh-huh. Donald J. Trump. That's right. Maybe you've heard of him. You might have heard of him. I have you heard know. of this guy? <laughs> uh, all right. Back to 300. So you were talking about the, the free, the, not the free, the free cookers. <laughs> the free cookers. Or, now did you say free cookers, or did you say free cookers? What's less offensive? I'll go with that one. (laughs) Free cookers is probably socialist, so in current America, that's more offensive. God damn it, you're right. Free free cookers. Free cookers is less offensive. Uh We're going with that one, okay. That's what we're going with. So, you were on that, Uh and then I interrupted you by getting into this uh, rant. Um... I don't know, man. I love that. Just that the fact that it is. And the, oh, the embellishing. It is an embellishment of this story. Yeah. Uh, And goddamn, I love fucking Diomo. So whoever this dude is, who is the narrator. Oh, okay. So fucking perfect. All right. It's so hammy. (laughs) It is. And that's that's what's great about it. That's where I kind of. Maybe I I see your point. See, because he needs to be because he's like exactly. the bar. And he's this guy loses dramatic. me in a lot of his other movies that he's yep. in, which you've brought up. I don't like yeah. him in those other ones, but god damn it, he fucking soars in Three Hundred because it fits that yeah. style so well. You're probably right, but it's real hard for me to detach from the other performances where I just see him doing the same thing here, and it takes me out of it a little bit. And again, that's probably my own bias. Ten out of ten people are not going to see that shit. It's it's probably only me. But ah, he just grates on me every time he talks. I think he has fantastic lines. Yes. Like, I think the narration is written really well. And I love that as a fucking Spartan, he's a fucking mm-hmm. classy Englishman. Just giving this right? narration and nobody cares. <laughs> God damn it, it's so beautiful. Ah, oh, <laughs> fuck this movie, man. All right. I think we need so, to get into character. Well, that, right? that's what I was going to ask you. So you obviously don't really hit on Diamos. I don't. Who, who do you hit on? And that's just the actor. Again, I think like it's a great narrative. I think it's written so fucking well. Some of the other stuff in the movie, uh, hit or miss. But like the narration, I think, is always on point. Sure. Uh, the other, like if we're going acting characters, I think Gerard Butler definitely deserves the... All the kudos in the world. Because Gerard Butler is my favorite fucking part of this movie. Absolutely. God damn it. He knows what it is. He does. He fucking chews the goddamn scenery. And they love him because they should. And it's it's not just that. He can he can chew the scenery and then in the same fucking scene give like a really fucking dramatic and heartfelt beat. Like with the with the fucking turn. I without the camera with cutting. Here's the thing. And we'll get into it later. Mm-hmm. This movie has one of my favorite dramatic moments in all of film history. All right. Pregnant pause. But we're getting and to And I it can't later. wait to get to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, Gerard Butler, he's just fucking, he's so goddamn consistently hard-assed. Absolutely. Strict. 
But you understand everything that he's fucking doing. Like, even when he's explaining to the fucking crippled dude why he can't do it, he's never an asshole at all. Yeah, yeah. they specifically make a point to show the his uh, commander-in-chief, or whatatever the term is. Um, not commander-in-chief. He call, uh, he's his captain. Captain. Um, the captain's kind of a dick and real abrasive to a FS. I want to say it's an F thing, but I don't know. I know. It's a it's a name commonly known in Greek now. You say that to call somebody a traitor. The let's say that the, is a real thing. The differently abled Spartan he is talking to. All right, here, no, <laughs> it's fucking Quasimodo. Pretty much, like they okay. really put a lot of makeup on to embellish it and make him really kind so of monstrous looking. The, the, the Spartan, yes. He's kind of just like an outright dick. And then Leonidas, like, he's he's like, he's posed no threat. You will do no such thing. I've given you no command. Yeah. And like puts him in his place and like really politely and 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 you know, now I want to say abruptly, but like he he kind of lets him down in like the nicest way possible. He, but he it's doesn't just even, it's a shitty situation. He doesn't even let him down. He's like, look, I could use your help. Please come the tend to the wind wounded. Take the dead off the battlefield. You will yeah. help us. Absolutely. You, just, you could not be a benefit in a battle. Which is what he's probably had his whole life set for. So he, of course, takes it poorly. Well, because but it's no fault of Leonidas's. In the Spartan culture, to die in battle, yes. it's an instant pass to heaven, air quotes. It is like going to Valhalla and yes. Fury Road. If you die, yeah. and that's what he's trying to get. Or I guess North <laughs> Norse mythology. We should go with like, you know, the smart literature thing, but no. The other uh, thing I thought Fury about, Road. like, if he, like, if that's, Leonidas could have, and just put him right out in front, and just let him die. I think, Le- no, the, the choice they made there showed Leonidas' yes. compassion and civility, and like, it, it makes you Without a doubt, you don't question why he's a leader. Like, he yes. has yes. the diplomacy of, of anybody. He can talk to anybody. I agree. I think Leonidas is handled perfectly, and Gerard Butler fucking captures it well. And, like, this is the best performance he's done. And it is For sure. so sad that he's been wasted since because yeah. he has such a great fucking presence here well, that and here's the thing he even outshines fucking fassbender yeah well this is this fassbender's movie. uh premiere role let's, sure let's, let's sure 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 um sure 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 uh, sure sure to be fair to be fair i had a no i did have a fucking point i wanted to make god damn it please come back to me point gerard butler no sexy beard he is very sexy bearded it is uh his campiness no, I've lost it. Oh, nobody. I know. I'm sorry. It's okay. Well, that thought died a noble death. It's happy. It What's fought crazy? in the shade and it died. It's still hooked in the back there somewhere and my brain's not it's letting just it go. with you. Um, that's your, that's your pride fucking that's, with you, boy. That's pride fucking with you, boy. You need to let that go. <laughs> Gerard Butler, man. I don't know. It's, God damn, we should start a podcast together. We really should. <laughs> All right, man. Let's let's break down some things individually. Well, what? All right. So you were talking about Leonidas. Are there any other characters that stand out to you? Well, of course, good or bad. Fast Bender is fucking amazing, man. God damn it, Xerxes is a commanding presence on the screen. He's yes. fucking weird, and I love that yeah. they do this octave shift down. 
that's fucking it, great. It makes him unhuman. It makes him seem supernatural. Yes. Like he's he's more than. Well, and like even that, and like this weird effect because they film them separately, and like when he goes and puts yeah. his hands on his shoulders, it's so weird looking. I uh, love it. This is uh fun trivia. You probably know this. This is Paolo. Paolo from uh, Lost. The one who gets bit by the spider yeah. and poison. Yeah. I was like, fucking unrecognizable. That's a Gary Oldman-esque transformation into Xerxes. Like, I would have never fucking known. Um, God damn it, it won't leave my fucking head. <laughs> uh, I really like the captain. I think he's a okay. fun... The captain and who has the son. Yes. Yes. Uh, I really he, like... he gets a good... I think he gets a real strong arc. More than any of the other side characters, he has the best arc in the movie. I really like uh, Gerard Butler. He's talking to him and he's like... He's like, there's many fine men in the world, but a better captain. There is none. That's... That's a really nice little line. Yeah. Uh, fucking... Let's talk about Lena Hetty. Let's talk about Lena Hetty. Yeah. All yeah. right, so I think we're going to go different ways here. We'll see. Or am I being all mysterious over here? So this is Lena Headey in her f- in her first role as a queen before her more famous turn. I think so. Yeah. As Queen Cersei, mm-hmm. famously mm-hmm. in Game of Thrones. Shout out. Uh, uh, also, you might know her from Dread. She was Mama. <laughs> she was Mama. Did a lot of drugs, fell on the floor. I think she did dread in between Game of Thrones, though, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. This was pre-Game of Thrones. This was. Uh, I think right after, what, the Terminator, Sarah Connor Chronicles, she was uh, Linda Connor yes. in that show, right? I didn't, um, I didn't watch but one episode. It yeah, didn't no, catch right. me. <laughs> but I know she was in it. <laughs> but she was Queen Gorgon in this movie. Yes. Uh, what do you think of her? I think Lena Headey. Lena Headey. Is it Hetty or Heedy? I have always said Hetty. I think it might be Heedy. So You're I'm going right. to stick with Heedy, but okay. you go with Hetty. As I always do. Do it. I Mike, keep it my way. Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. Uh, <laughs> Dennis Villeneuve. <laughs> That's... Nobody can get that right. I even know and I can't get it right sometimes. <laughs> That's a hard fucking name. I'm sorry. Lena Heedy. I think always gives... Uh, I think she outacts everybody in the room yeah. any fucking time. Um, I think her only competition has ever been Peter Dinklage. Sure. Um, otherwise she kind of outpaces everyone acting wise. I think she's amazing in this movie. What is great is that she is at both times super strong and Mm -hmm. super vulnerable. Absolutely. Which is so fucking, man. Yeah. She's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. I am maybe not as crazy as kind of how her character arc ends but that's mostly because i think benjamin bratt is he the is he the bad guy he's the dude from the wire is that that's not benjamin bratt in this movie then no it's the who's dude, that guy it's the dude that plays the detective in the wire fuck i don't know who this I guy's name is. is anyway i think he's played real like mustachio twirling oh yeah all the way cranked up to 11 really like takes me out of the movie towards the end because it gets so fucking hammy and then that council scene where she stabs him in the gold coins i know i just want to be like here's the thing i uh, totally see what you're saying it's so cheesy and hacky i think it's so comic booky too though it is you would see that like that would be a frame like you'd see the knife pull in yes you see the knife pull out with the coins and then it'd do a close-up of the fucking xerxes face on a coin yeah and then everybody screams traitor all right i get like yeah you are 100 percent correct it's bad 
but it's there for a reason. All right. I'm going to go ahead and say this because I don't want at the end that remember Yes Man where we're talking about it the whole time and at the end I'm like, yeah, I didn't like that movie. And Michelle was like, what? Yeah. And she didn't know. I don't want to fool anybody. I think sometimes the comic bookiness and like how rigid they are to the shots in the book, I think is a detriment to the fact like there is more cheese in this movie than I fucking realized when I watched it the first time and fell in love with it. Like some of the stuff just doesn't translate super well to film. Like I don't like that and how that goes, but you're right. Like it is like it would be depicted in the comic books and where, when they go to visit that village that had just been raided and that boy walks out of the ashes and just goes, oh, and falls. falls. It's so fucking hokey. Yeah. And I yeah. know I know it probably worked super well on the page. And that's the thing where I think it's like Sin City, Watchmen, and this get a lot of credit for recreating some things phenomenally well. But I think sometimes that transition from comic to movie just doesn't quite gel as well. Well, I think the reason that happens is because I know for this movie, when they made the storyboards, they deliberately just pulled the fucking frames from the comic I know. and animated some of them. And I think that's why it ends up that way. Because they know. just... That's what they used for the storyboard. And that's what they did in Sin City and Watchmen as well. Yeah. And it, it kind of shows. It works for some things. It does. you're right. Some, some things are things... fucking amazing. And like they work really well. And then some things are like, man, they should have changed that. <laughs> like... But again, also, I, I look at it as a frame of 2006. Like... It is. It is, for better or worse. And even at that time, time frame, capsule. they... We're able to pull off some really impressive things, I feel. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I was uh, watching this movie, and when they start the, uh, I think it's in maybe the second day, where they have the armored rhinos coming in, I was like, god damn, these rhinos look better than the fucking rhinos in Black Panther that came out one year ago. <laughs> yeah. This is insane. <laughs> the elephants in that looked better than the elephants in fucking Lord of the Rings. I agree with that, too. And yeah. They- I think a lot of that has to do with kind of the uh, muted colors and the yeah. contrast. Well, that super, helps a lot. It's super fucking oversaturated. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Again, very comic booky. It, it goes so, back to like the orange tinged panels in the comics. Which have you have you read the comic? I have never read this comic. I read this comic before the movie because okay. this I was. Bet, I think you're right. I think you. it is after Sin City. Like I went through all the Sin City books, and then they announced 300 was coming out, and I was like. Well, I'm going to fucking read it right now. And I went through it and I I loved it. And I wonder if I read it, if I'm going to have the same issues or not. But I I do think like some stuff really works in the comic that just doesn't translate. But like those rhinos are pretty cool. The (laughs) color palettes are pretty cool. Like a lot of it works. So it's it's this weird fight I'm having with myself. That's what is cool. And you know, when we talked about watching this, you said at first you were going to just play it at work. And I was like, nah, dude, yeah, you got to pull it on because so much of this movie is so visual over stylized. It's all visuals. And the, you're right. It's a style. Like the style makes this movie because you, you strip away everything. It's a very simple, simple story. It becomes almost like a video game at points where it's like, Boss fight, or mini boss, boss fight, start next world, mini boss, boss fight, start next world, mini boss, boss fight, you died. Like, that's literally the structure of the movie. They have three days, 
that they're defending different iterations of soldiers and armies and fighters that ramp up in intensity each time. Yeah. And it's, again, it's kind of simple and cheesy, but it's sold by the style. There's this one really awesome scene where they're pushing dudes off of a cliff and mm, mm-hmm. it goes to like this orange and it it's like backlit so that every all the characters are in this stark black. They're silhouetted out. Oh my god, dude. I, I am a sucker for that shot in any movie where what? you have like uh, it, the Kill Bill fighting room with the bright yes. blue background. Even Aquaman fucking did it with them jumping into the water while the fish monsters in like stark black and white silhouette. Oh, anytime. Like, I'm like, that's one of my favorite, like, effects in a movie. Also, <laughs> Kyle's laughing because I definitely did the masturbation. Yeah, he did. He totally jerked <laughs> off. And went, ah! <laughs> what I really love, too, man. And again, it's super stylized. At one point, one of the, uh, there's a slave driver dude who comes through. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he starts laughing. And it zooms in on his face and, like, it blacks out everything but his eyes and his teeth while he laughs. And it's. Oh, my God. And that's one of the things taken straight from the book. Because yeah. in the panel, it is just like a solid black ink job with just the eyes showing. But it just, They do it in Sensity, too. Frank Miller uses that a lot. It works so good. Mm-hmm. And the way that they just have the laugh echo out. Oh, sure, sure. Really yeah. nice touches. And that's that's another thing with this movie, man, is all these nice little touches. Mm. Um, let's talk about some of these fight scenes. If you don't mind, I'd like to hit on a little touch real quick. Sure. One of my favorite scenes in this movie is nothing if not a little touch that means nothing to anything in the narrative of the movie. But it's when Leonidas throws that spear at the end. And you see, like, the upward shot of the steps and the spears going over the steps, but it's distorted with each one. Yeah. Fucking beautiful. It's just, like, this little meditative scene in the middle of a big fucking chaotic thing. Mmm! God damn. Zack Snyder, I disagree with you on so many of your own writing choices but he knows how to shoot something really effectively what this movie is like what the matrix would be if somebody that was a huge fan of the matrix Mm -hmm. got to make a movie and turn all those scenes up to 11 and that's exactly what Zack snyder has done here yeah god damn it they're all so fucking fun to watch yeah just watching one spartan dude in slow motion tear through like seven or eight Uh dudes and you see the little things happening in the background, and sometimes, like, it'll do, it'll, like, the camera will move from the main action frame over to this background for a second. Like, mm. oh, he's stabbing that dude in the neck. And then we're back to this you main get, like, action. Clo- zoom ins and zoom outs yes. real quick. Oh! It's very digital, but, like, Zack Snyder is one of the ones who kind of trademarked this kind of action scene. Like, as much as the, the Matrix is credited to, like, the slow-mo bullet time... Uh-huh. I think Zack Snyder has now credited, he's, he is credited for the slow-mo speed up, like real slow, intense shot, action quick, real quick, pull away, for the hit. slow, yeah, it's so f- and then in. And it's really fun to fucking watch, man. It is. It's, it's fucking kinetic. And it yes. lets, it, it slows down on the moments that are just visually iconic. And again, maybe he had like a huge leg up because I think the moments he slows down in on are like the comic panels yeah like so he kind of knows like the cool visual shots he has the the framing kind of already worked out for him so i don't know how much credit to give to Zack snyder if anything i'll give him credit for sticking to that yeah because it works so goddamn well it's it's 
Well, I don't Even know. Even though some of the stuff looks a little CG, or you can sure. see kind of the the pulls and punches, and it has that common trope of like many people standing in the background waiting to come in. It doesn't matter because it's done so well. It's so stylized. Here's the thing: like, and compared to the comic book mm-hmm. version of this, having not read it, just going off of yeah. how I read other comic books, even these scenes, I'm fucking blasting through them visually. Because I'm yeah. at, at my heart, I'm a pretty fast reader in general. Mm-hmm. So even comic books, like I'm not dissecting them. Oh, but the okay. fact that it is in a film and it is forcing me because I'm just a passive viewer. Yeah, I'm not a control of this. So that I don't know, man. It adds a whole lot of element and finesse to these things. That's interesting. That I probably wouldn't pick up even in a comic book, like. Big That's things fascinating. Like we read comic books so differently because when I read a comic book, like I'm looking at it like it would be a cartoon or an animation or a movie. Like I, when when one panel jumps to the next panel, like I am picturing in my head and visualizing like the transitions and everything like I'm going through and doing that. And that's why I kind of go through comics a lot slower, probably See, than some I'm, people. I'm the exact opposite. And I hate it because even like I'll flip a page and automatically my eyes absorb everything on the page. No. Yeah. So yeah, I see. You spoil it. I know. And I hate. They do that often in comics. And I yeah. hate spoilers, but like it's a natural thing. My my eyes just absorb everything on a page. Yeah. As soon as I. And like. And that's why like I read books really fast because I mm. just. I can scan through it and absorb yeah. that shit. And, but that's. It's a detriment in comic books. But I. In a comic book movie, I'm forced to not uh, have the the thing coming up in a few frames. So gotcha. I enjoy it a lot more. Okay. I can totally see that and relate to that. It's just another thing where we're wired just a slightly bit differently. Yep. That's interesting. Okay. I'm sorry. I did not mean to derail you. No, I just thought that really was cool. fucking fascinating. I thought that yeah. was a really good derail. All right. Cool. Uh, God damn it. Gerard Butler, man. Yes. For real. Uh, I mean, we're already it. Almost at an hour here. That's okay. This is our special 300 likes. That hey, is true. If you if you want more long special episodes, like our pages then. Or, or tell other people to like our pages, you fucking lazy pricks. Except for just create new accounts and like our pages. our lovely Patreon supporters. If you, patri- if you Patreon support, you're perfect. If you don't, though, hey, man, uh, you know, tell some people to fucking like us, you prick. I guess, I mean, we buried the lead 53 minutes into the episode. <laughs> but also, the 300 people that have already liked us, thank you so much sure. for liking us. You're, I don't think we ever said that. You're pretty great people. Thanks we for just that. went into berating them. Like, <laughs> like us more. <laughs> Do more free work for us that you're not paid for at all. And expect no thanks, maybe. But you might get a thanks. <laughs> but if we don't see it, you're not getting shit. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, man. I want to talk about my favorite line from Gerard Butler. All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You were queuing this up earlier. What? What is it? Well, it's when he's about to die. And the last thing he thinks of is Lena Headey as his queen. And he goes, my queen. And he's got these fucking tears in his eyes, man. Because he knows he's going to die. And the only thing he fucking misses mm-hmm. is the fucking woman he loves. I'm a sap. You're a sap. We both know it. Yeah. It gets me every time. God damn it. I love that line. Yeah. And that performance of that line. I will say, I remember crying in the theaters when he delivered that line. Okay. This time, it didn't hit me as much, but I still completely, I get it. I get it. It's a fucking powerful line. I romanticized that a long Mm -hmm. time ago. I used to watch this movie a lot. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, I, I this had more. a very Gladiator vibe to me and gave me those same feels that Gladiator did. I used to work at a fucking mind-numbingly boring job where mm. uh, I would listen to audiobooks. This was like the pre-podcast age, though, so oh, okay. I wasn't really into those. So you were pretty cool. You were into podcasts before podcasts were well, a no, thing. That's what I'm saying. Like podcasts weren't a thing. So I listened to audiobooks. Yeah. But like the iPod video had just come out. Oh, yeah. And this dude that sat next to me had uh, 300 on his iPod video. And I'd borrow that thing like once a day and just yeah. watch because it's two hours and I'm there for eight, man. Dude, I watched 300 so many fucking times. Man, that's crazy. That is crazy to me. But that line always stuck out to me, and I always enjoyed it, so. It's a good one. It's a good one. What else sticks out to you in this movie? Super big line. Um, uh, all right, I, all right, I've been very positive for the most part, outside of some of the, I think, jagginess of the comic to movie transition, but I maybe have a slight issue and this is maybe hinted at with kind of the the plot machinations of the mustachio twirling non Benjamin Bratt character, but I think some of the pot plot comes off a little convoluted. Um, I really, ah, man, you were talking about this movie moves at a clip and kind of once it starts, it keeps going. And I agree with you to a certain extent, but then I remember like the the whole visiting the Oracle scene. And them going up and kind of getting the fortunes read and how they're colluding with the non-Benjamin Bratt character. It it hmm, it just seemed like needless complications for for a movie that's so simple. I think it should kind of embrace that or if it is going to go into these, you know, more complicated political themes, then it should hit harder than like. This guy is such an asshole villain. He's betraying his country. He's betraying his king. And he's going to literally rape the queen and then lie about it and betray her too. It just seems like, I don't know, very, very simple writing. Very amateurish. And I think this is kind of where I've come down on Frank Miller. I've felt a little bit of it in Sin City. I felt it quite a bit in his storytelling in 300. And I think this is 100% a Frank Miller issue more so than it is Zack Snyder. Cause I've, I've given Zack Snyder so much shit on this podcast. And I think rightfully so for some of his movies, For a lot of them. Yeah. But like he's done good. He, he is, if nothing, like he is a great visual eye and yes. talent. Yes. He, he would be perfect for like the music video scenes like sucker punch has one of the best music videos of all time. And then they start acting and the plot starts and it's not great. Here's the thing. Remove the island. Ten times out of ten, I'll watch a Zack Snyder film over a Michael Bay. Ooh. I agree. I think Zack Snyder is a better visual eye than Michael Bay is. I think Michael Bay does action scenes very well. But Zack Snyder can frame even non-action scenes very well. Sure. He's got a better visual eye. Like, he just, he really does. He he should have been a director of photography more so than a director. I think he has a beautiful eye. I kind of agree with you there. If he was just a DP. Yeah. Or he needs to stick to, like, scripts written by other people yeah. always. Like, yeah. and, and have better, maybe, faith in scripts. But, um, as, as we move towards wrapping this up here, buddy. Yes. I want to say, what is... 
because this is a movie racked with iconic and oh yeah despicable scenes sure. not despicable definitive let me say definitive that's what i, I like mean. that i like that uh definitive scenes what what is your favorite scene in this movie man I mean, just visually, I go back to that spear on the steps. Like, okay. That fucking just for some reason, the simplicity and just pure beauty of that shot and the, the quietness. I like I, I am a I am a sucker for like drops and music like in any song where they drop the well, music and then build it back up. And what I love in that scene is that we have the narrator who set up this saying before and then he's he this, pays it off as this is going. He's like. His shield he had to remove because it funneled his vision. His shield was too heavy and threw yeah. him off balance to throw the spear. He's as building far. up the entire That's so fucking good, man. And that's the thing. And this like, thing he said earlier, he's like... swelling, this narrator's going, and then as that shot happens, they cut it to nothing. It's like so quiet. It's just... Ah, it's such a beautiful shot. It is the... Speaking of Gladiator, it is the hand in the wheat mm-hmm. shot. It is just... Beautiful. It's a beautiful shot in a film that is like violence and chaos and like just war, you know? Mm-hmm. I love that shot. But if you're going for like scene that is like iconic, you're going characters, you know, whatever. Man, it's totally the This Is Sparta All scene. Right, thank you for bringing it up so I don't have to. It's totally the This Is God Sparta God damn that scene. scene it's it still, still to this day. Up. Holy fuck did it just resonate, right? Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. And this is the one where... where you can really see the range in Gerard Butler because mm-hmm. the look, the subtle look he gives to Lena Headey as he kind of asks for her approval without asking for her approval to kick this motherfucker into a hole, you know, is so like undersold. Uh-huh. It's, uh-huh. it's beautiful. And then he turns around and Hamily, just like his whole face is contorting like a madman. This is Sparta and kicks the motherfucker. It's great. It's and great art. What I love about that scene is that that is a scene that has been parodied so fucking much. Yep. And it has still not lost its impact. Very that similar is... to the scenes from The Matrix. Like, those were apes so hard, but they were so iconic and so powerful. They still hold up compared to all these fucking imitations. Very well said. Um, Very well said. So thank you for mentioning that because now I get to mention. Yes. Right. I love, I believe it's after the first battle, maybe the second. I think it is the second battle because this is when he's, before he goes to meet Xerxes for the first time, uh, they're walking around a group of dead and dying Mm -hmm. and they're taking care of them and by stabbing them. It's Michael Fassbender, his captain, and Leonidas, who's eating an apple. Mm -hmm. Uh, And at the end. When he says, yeah, I'll go meet him, he tosses the apple to Michael Fassbender, who takes a bite, and he says, there's no reason we can't be civil, right <laughs> as the captain stabs a dude and kills him. Oh! Mwah. It's so many just little things going on in that scene. Mm-hmm. Ah, I love that one. Yeah? Really do. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Real quick. Speaking to the effects, I just remembered, like, the son, the son of the captain, he gets beheaded. Oh, yeah. In the movie. And it still looks super fucking real. Like, those effects don't Not hold only up him, super fucking well. The weird giant dude when he gets his head cut off and, like, the back of the neck skin, it, like, It still holds on a little bit. Yeah. Oh, oh! It's so fucking cool, man. Like, these effects 
what 12 13 years later on still are some of the best effects like for that, scene, that kind of I'm, I'm glad we brought that because i love that part with the skin i forgot yeah, i should mm, <laughs> you're right yep mm-hmm. that's a good part that's good um all right buddy so on a scale if it's not 300 i know it is gonna be you're a hack <laughs> on a scale of one <laughs> to 300 spartan shields okay with right. 300 being the absolute best score it okay. could receive. All right. What would you rate this movie, buddy? Okay. So I've got to do the conversion in my head to like a roughly 10 point scale uh-huh. here. Uh-huh. All right. I would say this is about 2150 for Wait, me. 2150? 2150? Right? 2150. There's only 300. I fucked up already. Let me change this. 215. 215. 215 out okay. of 300. Um, <laughs> that's me roughly in the seven, seven and plus. Sure. Okay. I really enjoy this movie a lot. And I think it is a visual masterpiece. And I think everything about it style, stylishly. Actually, hold up. Hold up. Hold up. He's putting a timeout, people. I actually forgot about the score because the score was very hit and miss for me this time, too. Okay. I, when when you're going through like Leonidas's training, and you got like like that God of War, like the angelic choir singing with the trumpets, it's like and the drums, fantastic. But then they do a lot of kind of mid aughts like heavy guitar, yeah. I could do without that. I know it's a time capsule, but like that part of the score kind of really worked against me this time. In its defense, it didn't stick out to me. Okay. Okay. Uh, and it served the purpose. Like, this is one of those movies where like the score is just there to be an icing on this visual oh, cake. See, I, that's the, I, I usually wasn't... pick up on the scores and I was like, oh my God, this shit's amazing. And then as you get more and more into the fighting, it becomes more and more kind of generic yeah. guitar. Which is a little disappointing because I think they start off so fucking strong with the score. So that, I think that's, anyway, that is maybe the only tweak on the, the style. Otherwise, I think this is a, a perfect showcase for like a new TV or like oh, a new DVD or Blu-ray sure, system. Sure. This is a beautiful, gorgeously shot movie. I think the story that's there, it's very simple and Spartan. Oh, but it is. It, it's effective. Like, it's still emotionally moving, like, their sacrifice at the end. Like, when you see the hail of arrows come down, it's moving. When Michael Fassbender yeah. says it was an honor to die at your side, and Leonidas says, no, it was an honor to live at yours. There's ah. some great shit. Ah. There's also just some, yeah, so some plotting that I don't think is necessary and takes away from, like, the real meat of the film. I think a lot of Lena Headey's stuff ultimately is not super compelling and just kind of embraces some of Frank Miller's more, I don't know. Well, I do know... Problematic tropes. I know that the scene of the rape and all that stuff is not in the comic. No. It it was added for the film to give more of a... Give her an arc or something to do. Something to do. I don't think it... I don't think it's necessarily needed. And, and, And I feel that. Like, it just... It feels like it takes away from the me. I would have loved a version of this movie where, like, Lena Headey says goodbye and she says, like, you know, come back or come back on your shield. 
that's it. You don't see her again. And we just oh. focus on Leonidas. I don't think anything back in the Capitol is super compelling. Sure. And it, for me, it slowed the movie down. What okay. I was doing. Fair enough. I love the Leonidas stuff. I love everything on the battlefield. I love Xerxes. I love his weird crew. I just don't like the Benjamin Bratt shit. The non-Benjamin Bratt shit. Okay. Uh, and that that kind of stuff just doesn't work for me. So it seven seven ish in there two hundred and fifteen. Fair enough. What about you, sir? I'm way higher, man. I I'm know. At like <laughs> I'm probably at like two eighty five. Yeah. Uh, I this movie it's probably flirting around my top ten. Still, I mean, whoa, it, it's not. Um, what I, when when I say that, I, it's not in my top ten, but it's it's around Close, there. So that's still like really high because yeah. there are a fuck ton of movies out there. There are. This movie's. It's just I enjoy it every fucking time. I kind of just want like a second follow up episode where we go through everything we've <laughs> talked about. I'm like, is it better than this? Oh, I see what you're is saying. Is it worse than this? Is it better know. than the thing? It's because it, it, it's it. It's like a comfort food. Oh, it's, okay. It's enjoyable. It's more easily easily digestible. Yeah. It is, and it, it's just so fun to watch. Sure. Uh, like you again. It does have a very kinetic pace to it. And anybody that part. has listened to the show, my number one complaint, you could probably cut like fifteen minutes off of it here and there, mm -hmm. and you wouldn't. It it do the film a little better. But yep. other than that, you know, big deal. I I can deal with that. It's still sure. Fantastic film. And anybody who listens to the show knows I am notoriously yeah. lower on everything. Yeah. So fuck And again, a seven for me is probably like fantastic for most everybody else. Well, and I read this description of how you can interpret some things lately. And so like, you know, not every movie mm -hmm. is a fucking filet mignon. This is true. There can still be a really fucking good quesadilla. Okay. That's right. You don't go into a comedy... Uh, this is going to sound really ironic because of the road trip episode, but you don't go into a comedy and expect, you know, Shakespeare. Like, they're yeah. doing different things. You don't expect a drama because a drama is doing a drama. A comedy is doing a comedy. And what I hope I communicated in the road trip episode was, like, I just didn't find the comedy funny sure. in road trip. So for a comedy, it failed. But this is an action movie. This is an action movie through and through. The action, it's Fucking it's, fantastic. It's some of the best. Still, it's some of the best action. It's a really good quesadilla, man. It's it is. a really fucking good it quesadilla. Is. That's all I'm gonna say. So I will all right. Let me add on to your analogy real quick. If it's a quesadilla, then uh the capital stuff with Lena Heedy is the the Mexican salad that I didn't ask for a <laughs> That's just there, nobody it's just eats. There. Sure. Yeah. And right. if you can look past that, you can. But I'm tired of that Mexican salad. Just stop giving it to me. All just, right. I want the quesadilla. <laughs> uh, again, on our way out, you know, I just wanted to say I love you again to our Patreon supporters. Absolutely. Uh, and and our listeners. And of our course, listeners, for real. We are fucking super humble. Eternally grateful. Anytime anybody wants to give us money Thank you for, for real for getting reason. us over 300. I, I can't believe that ever even happened for real. So, yeah. Thank you, guys. We're eternally grateful. But, you know, if you do like us. Maybe tell some people. We we would mm -hmm. be even more eternally grateful. Absolutely. And if you have suggestions for movies with numbers in them. Yeah. That we didn't think of. Let us know because I'm sure there are fucking many out there. 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Let's get to that. Woo. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Okay. All right, guys. Uh, I'm Kyle. I'm Ryan. We'll check you next time. Later. Later.